Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 9, verse 23, which says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. These are wonderful words for disciples, those of us who believe in Christ and want to serve Christ. We want to deny ourselves. We want to be humble. We want to esteem others better than ourselves. We need to look at ourselves through God's lens. And as I look at my life, I look at one who's very helpless and I need God's wisdom. I need God's direction. I need God's help daily. And I bet you do too. But it says, take up his cross daily. His cross was suffering. And of course, Christians have uh, difficulties just like other folks do. And we need to ask him to help us through those difficult times and to bless our efforts and, and to use those times for us to grow in our own faith and then to follow him. And to follow him just means to ask for him to show us his will each day and then just to do it. And if we live that way, why we have a blessed life because God uses that life in the lives of others as testimonies, as light in such a dark place. And so we have great opportunities to share the good news of the gospel and to build up the body of Christ here on earth and saints who are living according to God's will. This week on Global Times, we have a special edition. President Brian Albrecht is speaking to the staff about current events and communication he has had with other people in the ministry from the Holy Land. So when you start thinking about these things, you start thinking about the world, you start thinking about the passage that I read. Um, I just get back to the text. It says, and this is a gospel of the kingdom that shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto nations, and then shall the end come. Well, the gospel is being preached, and the end could come uh, very, very quickly if that's God's will. And these things were really encouraging to me, and because they were encouraging to me, I thought I'd share them with you. And I think, I think the Lord's doing something special. I think he's this, this COVID is, is, is quite a thing. Uh, we just heard 
France is becoming uh, locked down. It seems like we're not sure how this is going to, to pan out. It's a real interesting time to ser serve the Lord because, you know, if, if we're walking with the Lord, there's a peace. You know, there's a real peace. We don't have to worry about these things. We don't have to care about these things. I mean, we don't like to see them happen. We don't like to see our countries destroyed. Uh, we don't like to see the gospel get shut down and those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, each and every one of us who walks with the Lord and has a relationship with him, we know that God loves us and cares for us and meets our needs. And he's going to, he's going to protect us and help us. And of course, if, if we're slaves, if we're, if we're do-lots, if we're, we're people who are under Christ's authority, then even bad things that happen to us are going to be fine because we know God allowed them to happen. And we know that God wants us to have whatever tribulation or pain or disease or whatever. We know that it's God's will is being done, whether it's good or bad. And these things give peace. And then I keep reading the scriptures and we talk about there's a joy of the Lord. There's a joy of the Lord that gives us strength. There's a joy that gives us happiness because we have this peace with God. There's the guilt's taken away. Our sins have been taken away and we can be open to God and we can, we can walk in the garden alone and sense his presence. And uh, we can, we can uh, commune with him and worship him and praise his name and be thankful for him. Last night, I was listening to a whole bunch of some of my favorite hymns sung by some of my favorite singers. And I was really just really blessed last night. And I was, went to sleep thinking, man, this is, this is really good. It doesn't matter really what happens to this earth. The only thing that matters is how does Brian Albrecht relate to this earth as, it, as God wants me to relate to it and as God wants me to do his work and to do his will. That's the only thing that really matters. And I can be a witness when God opens the door. I can try to be a, a godly man. I can try to be a good leader. But at the end of the day, it's God's will that is done. And if, and if we do that, we put the burden really on God and not on ourselves, casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. And yet he strengthens us and helps us and meets our needs and gives us wisdom and guidance and direction. So I, I was really encouraged by these calls and I, want, I hope this is encouraging to you. And I, I am reminded that in the last chapter of the Bible in Revelation 22, the last uh, words of Jesus are to Jesus, even come Lord Jesus, even come Lord Jesus. So we can pray, even come Lord Jesus. I'm hoping and believing that soon. So let's let's go, Lord, and pray for these requests because God answers our prayers. Let's pray. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour, and we really appreciate the prayers of those who pray for us each week and help us financially to support this broadcast. As you know, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we count on your donations to help us stay on the air. This month, we're offering a really wonderful book of poems by Helen Steiner Rice, who's a famous Christian writer. It's entitled A Collection of Love Gifts. And I just thought I'd read one poem out of this wonderful uh, booklet. It's called He Loves You. It's amazing and incredible, but it's as true as it can be. God loves and understands us all, and that means you and me. His grace is all sufficient for both the young and old, for the lonely and the timid, for the brash and for the bold. 
hold. His love knows no exception, so never feel excluded. No matter what or what you are, your name has been included. And no matter what your past has been, trust God to understand. And no matter what your problem is, just place it in his hand. For in all of your for in all of our unloveliness, this great God loves us still. He loves us since the world began. And what's more, he always will. What a wonderful... You can get a copy of this wonderful booklet, A Collection of Love Gifts, by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Sometimes alleluia, sometimes praise the Lord, sometimes gently singing our hearts in one accord. Sometimes Today's message is from the Honorable Ernest C. Manning and is a continuation of his series entitled Faith Once Delivered. Printed copies are available upon request. Today as we continue the series of talks entitled The Faith Once Delivered, may I direct your attention to two statements made by the Apostle Paul. The first is in his letter to the Galatians chapter 1 verse 11. I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The second statement on the same subject is in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. These statements make clear that the good news or gospel of the grace of God was committed to Paul by divine revelation and was not previously known to mankind. The revelation of the gospel of grace to the Apostle Paul is a cardinal highlight of the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. It is of tremendous importance to everyone. We need to understand its significance and relevance to us today 
That's why I'd like to discuss it with you now. Several different Gospels are spoken of in the Scriptures. Many fail to recognize the important differences between them, which often leads to confusion and error. Let me give you some examples. Mark 1 speaks of the Gospel or good news of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6.15 speaks of the Gospel of peace. Revelation 14.6 speaks of the everlasting Gospel. Matthew 4.23 speaks of the gospel of the kingdom, and Acts 20.24 speaks of the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel committed to the apostle Paul by divine revelation. For the purpose of our study today, I'd like to concentrate on the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel or good news of the kingdom goes all the way back to the Old Testament prophets, who foretold the coming of Christ as Israel's Messiah to reign over the house of Jacob, or Israel, forever, and of whose kingdom there would be no end. One reason why the Jews did not recognize Christ as their promised Messiah was they looked for a Messiah who would come in power and majesty as a king to free them from their oppressors and reestablish the throne of David and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Consequently, when Christ came as a babe born in a lowly cattle shed, later to walk the highways and byways of Judea and Galilee as a humble itinerant teacher, they could not conceive of him being their Messiah, and so rejected him as an imposter. Their leaders likewise rejected the witness of John the Baptist, who came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There stands in your midst one whom ye know not. Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. Mark 1.14 says, After that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. In fact, the gospel of the kingdom was the only gospel Christ preached throughout his earthly ministry. Most of his parables were told to illustrate important truths about his coming kingdom of heaven on earth. They usually started with the words, The kingdom of heaven is like unto this, or The kingdom of heaven is like unto that. His ministry, he said, was unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Had they believed and acknowledged him as their promised Messiah, he would have established the promised kingdom and taken his rightful place on the throne of his father David. But instead they rejected him and branded him a blasphemer and impostor and persuaded the Roman governor Pilate to sentence him to death by crucifixion. But God, in keeping with his eternal plan and purpose, turned their rejection and crucifixion of his Son into an open door to eternal salvation, not only for Israel, but for the Gentile world as well. On the cross, God laid on him the iniquity of us all. He died the just for the unjust, the sinless for the sinful, the Creator for his creation, that the door might be opened for another gospel, addressed not only to Israel, but to Gentiles as well. The gospel or good news that 
through the grace of God, the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ. When Christ had paid in full by his death the price of our redemption, he rose again from the dead. Through the witness of the twelve apostles and their fellow believers to Christ's deity and resurrection, God afforded his people Israel another opportunity to acknowledge that Jesus was indeed their Messiah and receive him as their Savior and Sovereign Lord. That's why from the birth of the Kingdom Church at Pentecost, the witness of the apostles was not to Gentiles but to the Jews. The apostle Peter, addressing those who witnessed his miraculous healing of a paralyzed man in the name of Christ, concluded with these words in Acts 3, 25-26, Ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, notice those words, unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Earlier, as recorded in Acts 3, 19, 21, he had said to them, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now listen carefully. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. You see the theme of his message? They had crucified God's Son, their Messiah, Jesus Christ. God had now given them added proof of his deity in that he had resurrected them from the dead. If in the light of Christ's resurrection they would now believe and acknowledge his deity and messiahship, Christ would return and the promised kingdom of heaven on earth would be ushered in. But again they refused to believe and continued refusing despite the irrefutable proofs of Christ's resurrection. The church during that period following Pentecost is often spoken of as the kingdom church because the theme of the apostles' witness to the Jews was if they would now believe the resurrected Christ would return and set up his kingdom as God had promised through their Old Testament prophets. When you come in the divine record to Acts chapters 10 and 11, you find the first departure from the apostles' witness exclusively to the Jews. Those chapters record how a Gentile named Cornelius was moved to send for Peter to learn from him the way of life, and how God removed Peter's unwillingness to fellowship with a Gentile by giving him a vision through which he taught Peter he should not regard any man as common or unclean. Peter visited the household of Cornelius, and as he witnessed to the deity and resurrection of Christ, Cornelius and his household believed, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit as the Jewish believers had been at Pentecost. When Peter returned to Jerusalem, he was criticized by the Hebrew Christians for having preached to Gentiles, 
but he recounted the vision God had given him and Cornelius's response to his witness as evidence that God was intending to extend salvation through Christ to Gentiles as well as Jews. Meanwhile, Saul of Tarsus, the most vehement enemy of the church, experienced a miraculous conversion on the road to Damascus, where he was going with the intention of apprehending any and all who professed faith in Christ. Saul, whose name was later changed to Paul, described his conversion in these words in his defense before King Agrippa, as recorded in Acts 22. As I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, came and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldst know his will, and see that just one, and shouldst hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and saw him saying unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul recounts how he then went into Arabia, and later returned to Damascus. It seems most likely that the gospel of the grace of God was committed unto him by revelation while in Arabia. In Galatians 2, he speaks of going to Jerusalem 14 years later with Barnabas to communicate to the Jewish Christians the gospel of grace that God had commissioned him to preach to the Gentiles. Acts 15 describes the serious controversy that developed between the Hebrew Christians at Jerusalem and the Christians of the Gentile churches throughout Asia who had responded to the gospel of the grace of God through Paul's ministry. The Hebrew Christians held that circumcision was necessary for salvation and that Christians were required to keep the law of Moses. Read the chapter for yourself. It's a most interesting record of how fundamental differences between the gospel preached by the kingdom church and the gospel of grace as revealed to Paul led to a serious controversy in the early church on how it was resolved. Let me close by pointing out the scope and completeness of the gospel of grace as recorded in Acts 13, 38, and 39, where Paul, speaking under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, that is, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Did you get that? By him, that is, by Jesus Christ, all, 
not just some, but all that believe, are justified, not maybe or will be, but right here and now are justified from not just some things, not just from sins of the past, but are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. While the kingdom church was born at Jerusalem at Pentecost, the church of grace was headquartered at Antioch, from whence Paul and Barnabas started their first missionary journey. Their message was not just to the Jews, but to all people of all colors and races. The great and glorious mystery of the gospel of grace, Paul says, is that not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of God's promise in Christ. For in him there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. That is why genuine Bible Christianity, born of the grace of God, is the answer to racial prejudices, to conflicts between employers and employees, and to inequalities between men and women. Let me repeat it. In him there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. The gospel of grace gave birth to the church of grace. And the great universal mystical body of Christ, which we'll discuss in our next talk, God willing. But let me ask you now, what your response has been to the gospel or the good news of the grace of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that he died for your sins according to the Scriptures? That he was buried and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures? Do you believe that by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses? If so, have you opened your heart and life to him and invited him in to be our Savior and Lord? If not, will you do so today? I trust the message that you just heard will be a great blessing to you, not only today, but throughout the, this next week. Here at Canada's National Bible Hour, we're so concerned about people and their spiritual well-being. We trust those of you who have walked with the Lord for many years, have sensed God's presence, trust that God will continue to bless you throughout this next week. There may be some that have listened to this broadcast who are not sure of their relationship with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those, I'd like to share what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that every last one of us, including myself, have all sinned, and because of one sin, we're not eligible to be in the presence of a 
holy God who is perfect and pure and righteous. So we are separated from him and we need a savior. And the savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was God. He became man. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross and on the cross, he bore your sins in his own body as he took your place and took your hell and took the punishment for your sin as he hung there. He died, but he rose again on the third day and he's alive. And he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And all you need to do is understand the fact that you are a sinner and you need grace, you need a savior, and you need to ask Jesus Christ to come in your life. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Don't forget to order your copy of Helen Steiner Rice's booklet entitled A Collection of Love Gifts. I know you will enjoy this booklet very much. You can get your copy by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also find past broadcasts at www.missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. I trust the Lord will bless you throughout this next week. 